Here it comes, episode 12 of the Learning Revolution podcast. Hello there and welcome to another episode of the Learning Revolution podcast, where it's all about leveraging your expertise to grow an audience and build a thriving training, education, or lifelong learning business. I'm Jeff Cobb, your host, and I am very excited today to be talking with Chad Barr. Chad is the co-author, along with Alan Weiss, of Million Dollar Web Presence, and he also specializes in helping experts create what he describes as digital empires. You'll get some great insights and tips in this show for how he does that and how, in general, you can build a much more consistent and high-value presence across the web. Before we head into the interview, though, I, I want to comment briefly on some input I got from a podcast listener. Michael from Australia writes in to say, I am enjoying your podcast and the insights gained have made me think clearer about many issues. Your interesting range of guests are a welcome breath of fresh air from the quote, usual suspects. Michael goes on to make some very good suggestions for future podcast content, but I wanted to stop with just those two lines and, and first of all, say thank you for writing in, Michael, and, and letting me know that you're finding the podcast to be of value. But secondly, I'd like to comment on the range of guests here and Michael's view that they are not the, quote, usual suspects, because I think that goes right to the heart of what I'm up to here at the Learning Revolution podcast. Really, I'm trying to provide a mix of content that highlights both how to do business in an internet-driven world and also how to actually design and deliver great educational experiences as a core of that business. A colleague of mine at a large professional society recently commented that the book Leading the Learning Revolution was kind of like a, a mini MBA for the education business. And I see the podcast as basically an extension of that idea. And that's, that's just an idea, as, as far as I can see, that you really don't see the usual education commentators and pundits clued into. Really, I think one of the most revolutionary things going on out there right now is that there's this whole alternate entrepreneurial education economy that people are increasingly looking to for their lifelong learning needs. And I don't think the, quote, usual suspects, as Michael puts it, are the best guides to thriving in that economy. And, and that's why you see a little bit of an unusual lineup here on the Learning Revolution podcast, but one that I hope really helps you to take your education business where you want it to go. In any case, thanks again to Michael for writing in. If you have a comment or questions, I would love to hear from you. You can go to learningrevolution.net slash contact and you can use the form there or better yet you can use the voicemail feature which you'll see off to the right uh, to leave me a recorded message and i may even use that message and, and give you a shout out on a future episode of the uh, learning revolution podcast in the meantime let's get rolling on what i think is just a, a great conversation with chad Barb. I am thrilled to be joined today by Chad Barr. Chad is an internet and business strategist. He is co-author of Million Dollar Web Presence, and he is also an architect of digital empires. And we'll talk a little bit about what that means during the course of the podcast. But first of all, welcome, Chad. Great to be here with you, Jeff. Well, thanks so much for taking some time. I know you've got a busy schedule. And I know in your business, you work with people who have a lot of expertise, uh, like many of the people who are going to be 
listening to this podcast, um, and they often have significant experience. In fact, they usually have significant experience um, that they could be using the web to communicate. But I find a lot of times that uh, experts uh, don't manage to communicate very well across the web. What what do you see as the the top, say, three mistakes that these people tend to make uh, on their websites? So great start. I'll actually give you four mistakes that I believe people make. All right, well, a, a bonus. More than that, but let, let, <laughs> let, let's focus on the top uh, four right now. So number one, whether you're uh, an entrepreneur, consultant, speakers, author, service provider, uh, or such, I think the biggest mistake I see is the, that one of stagnation. Mm. Uh, and what I mean by stagnation, they start to contribute, they start to put some good content out there, interesting things to re- read, and then they go silent. And the silent could be temporary or could be for a long time. And I have some actually clients of mine uh, that fall into that syndrome that uh, have gone silent for more than I would like to admit. Mm. Uh, so that's number one. Uh, stagnation is, is, is definitely it. Um, number two, the content is not remarkable, and I'm sure we will talk about what I mean later on today by remarkable content. Uh, but the simple benchmark for me, as simple as I could state it, to determine whether content is worth listening, watching, reading, when I listen to it or read it or watch it, is my reaction to it, so what? Mm-hmm. I've heard it before. Or is my reaction, let me pause this thing down, I've got to take some notes here. So that's the second. Uh, the content is not remarkable, it's not worthy of my attention. Mistake number three, they're not leveraging what they have. Uh, and what I mean, so for example, as simple as if you have an article that you've just written, what are you doing with this article other than just put it on your website? And there are a lot of things can be done with this article in order to leverage it effectively. So let me now segue to actually the fourth mistake and the final, final one here, and that is evolution, or actually lack of evolution. And I'm not about to compete with Darwin here, uh, but, but here's my point when I come to evolution. My suggestion will be this. If you take a look at the tweet, a single tweet, a compilation of multiple tweets together will actually could create an article. And then if you compile a bunch of articles together, that could become a booklet or an ebook or maybe even an audio book. And then if you take booklets together and assemble them, you have the starting point for a book, both commercially or self-published. That book idea could become a workshop, both live workshop, public workshop, or maybe even a digital workshop. And then why not even consider a, a, a retreat where you invite people to spend a weekend with you and you and in that time, dissect the concept of what you discuss in the book and allow people to take themselves themselves to a much higher level. Those are the top four mistakes I see out there. You know, I see that last mistake all the time, and I always encourage people that if you're going to go through the trouble to produce something, get as much mileage as you can out of it. Now, I know that... Uh, you know, you are the author, uh, along with Alan Weiss, of Million Dollar Web Presence. Um, so, you know, talking about some of these concepts that, that you just uh, raised there, when, when you're looking at, uh, 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 and let's maybe have an, an example of, of an individual um, or an organization maybe who, who started off with, let's call it a $100 web presence, um, and then wound up with a million dollar web presence. What, what are the changes that, that make that big a difference? And, and maybe as part of that, I don't want to load you up too much on one question, but could you comment on the difference between what a website is versus a web presence? Fabulous question. So number one, anytime I hear today, and especially since we 
published a book uh, that you referenced to uh, with Ellen, that I co-authored with Ellen Weiss. I when I hear the word website, the point of entry there, the point of thinking is already already completely wrong. So what I suggest for people who are listening and my clients when we talk about that concept, rather than thinking about a website, start thinking about how do I create the ultimate repository of remarkable provocative content mm. where my website is only one of the vehicles to drive this remarkable content towards my audience. So two things I'm going to talk about very quickly. To create, if I were to simplify the success, and I have process visuals, I've created and articles about this, and I talk about it quite often, here are the three elements, first of all, to create a success out there. Number one, start by focusing first on your strategy. What is the business strategy? The mistake I see oftentimes, which I've not talked about before, uh, but here's the first mistake. Uh, people oftentimes focus on the tactics, the technology first before mm -hmm. they even think about the, the strategy. So I would suggest that technology has to complement the strategy. Second, what is the remarkable content that you are providing and will provide in the future in order to engage your target audience? And what is the wow factor, look and feel of the website that will attract people to come to you and engage in conversation? Then when I looked at some of our most successful clients out there, here are the six elements that I believe them I mean, into million-dollar producers, and then let them, let them leverage the website in order to create the kind of success. So again, notice that I'm talking beyond just a website. I'm talking about platforms. Uh, I'm talking about how to leverage this whole entity of content to create a success. Very quickly, to create the kind of amazing successes out there, I believe it starts with a very powerful database, call it the contact list of the people that are your target audience. Mm -hmm. And hopefully qualified target audience, right? Number two, what does the remarkable value that you write looks like in articles and podcasts and videos and products and services? What does that look like? So that's element number two. Element number three, how do you effectively touch this database of your, your clients, your prospective clients, the audience that are listening to you? How do you constantly touch them with effective value on a consistent basis? So the best of the best out there do so consistently, effectively. And the way they do it effectively, they, they become amazing marketeers. Some may refer to them as marketing machines, but they're amazing at the touch point of marketing that, that pushes that value towards the target audience to attract them to you. Um, the next one is they have the utmost discipline to execute what they agree to, uh, to execute. So, for example, if we agree with our clients, you're going to uh, create a podcast every Monday, you're going to put a, a weekly newsletter on Wednesday, you're going to release a video they, have, they are remarkable in the execution of their discipline. And the last I would say, they have amazing self-esteem, no fear of failure, and amazing courage to execute what, agreed, what was agreed upon to be executed. That kind of, in a nutshell, puts together what I mean by a million-dollar web presence. It starts with the mindset and puts all the technology elements behind it to complement the overall strategy that the business needs to execute in order to be successful. And, and so, I mean, content is obviously extremely important in that. And, and you talked about, you know, 
people need to have the the esteem to do it, uh, and, and they frankly need to have a, a good bit of discipline uh, to be consistently producing content. Are, are there other keys? Because I, I know this is something that uh, you know a lot of experts or, or, or organizations uh, are, are daunted by this this idea that we have to keep creating this content. How do how do they make that happen and make sure that they're really effective with it on on a consistent basis? Great. So, so I think you're asking me two questions here. Number one, what, what makes for an effective content and how do we then effectively create it without driving ourselves possibly crazy, right? Yeah. So let me talk about the first one, effective content. Uh, very simply, to, to, for content to be effective, my belief is it needs to be pragmatic. It needs to provide tips how to. So if I struggle in area of organizational development or if I struggle in area of, let's say, even self-esteem, wouldn't it be great if I can find a place that gives me pragmatic tips, ideas on how to do it? So number one is pragmatic how-to and things like that. Uh, it has to be what's in the client's best interest. So make sure that for the content to be effective, it needs to address the issues that your audience is facing out there to hopefully attract them to come to you and say, Jeff is providing me with this amazing content. It gives me the tips and solution to help to, to resolve the challenges uh, I face. And as I mentioned before, Jeff, the simple benchmark that I use, and I suggest for your listener to use, is the question, so what? When you create your own content, or when you listen to a piece of content out there, is the reaction, so what? And if so, you better rewrite or recreate that piece. Or is your reaction, this is good. I need to slow it down and take some notes. And that's obviously what I encourage the listeners' uh, reaction to be. And by the way, hopefully when they're listening to this podcast, uh, their reaction is going to be great stuff. Let me slow it down and take some notes. Uh, that uh, is going to lead to the second part of your question. Uh, how do we effectively create such content? Which, by the way, I'm a firm believer that creating a vast amount of powerful, remarkable content is the essence of all about strengthening your, your thought leadership. So here are some things that um, cross my mind. Number one, anytime you talk to your clients or your prospective clients, it is the prime opportunity to ask them for the top issues, top challenges that they're facing. When they share those challenges with you, it is a great chance for you to then turn around, take those challenges, and then create content around those challenges to help them resolve those challenges. Uh, the second thing is schedule the time on your calendar, whether it's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, where you're creating content. I've, come to, uh, I've actually created this commitment on my own schedule, my own calendar. Every Monday, I put together a podcast on my blog. Every Wednesday, there's a newsletter that uh, gets sent out and also gets archived on my blog. And every Friday, I put a, a video on my blog. And then Tuesday and Thursday, Thursday are my floating day to put additional content as, as the spirit moves me. So schedule the time. It, the, the, the remarkable results are absolutely remarkable. Um, third, somewhat opposite to this, is be in the moment. So if I'm talking to you right now and all of a sudden you share with me an idea that I've not written about before or that intrigues me to write about, why not then turn, to, turn, turn on the blog and just write about it or record a podcast about it? Interviewed powerful, important, thought-provoking thought leaders or bloggers out there. You're doing a remarkable job, not only interviewing today <laughs> Chad Barr, but you've interviewed some other great people out there. So again, I encourage your audience to take, uh, take charge interview others out there that then those recordings and a compilation of perhaps even a transcription of the writing could become very powerful content for their target audience. And the last two things that come to mind 
be contrarian, be intriguing, be provocative. Take a, take a look at uh, maybe some of the articles that are being published today in, let's say, the Wall Street Journal. Why not pick at one of those articles and put a completely contrarian approach to what the article talks about? Or maybe add a couple of points. Say, in today's article on Wall Street, Wall Street Journal, here's what the article talked about. I would like to add actually two additional points that have not been discussed. So again, effective ways of doing so. And finally, you know, partner with someone, whether, and maybe that sounds somewhat self-serving, someone like a Chad Barr, or maybe someone in your mastermind group that can help you get content out of you. What I've come to realize that the most successful out there that I've come across, and many of them happen to be my dear clients, struggle with their ability to pull the content out of their heads. So what I've created through this digital empire creation service, uh, I partner with my clients, and then questions such as what you're asking me today, the answer to those questions become content that then becomes possibly podcasts, articles, visuals, videos, and so on, the more the merrier. So those are the two things that I recommend here. Number one, not only what makes for an effective content, but how to turn around yourself and start creating that powerful content to strengthen your own thought leadership. I, I think the the interviewing uh, tip is just is so powerful, and it's one of those things that's so simple. I mean, I've even found, you know, myself that if I just sit down in front of a, a video camera and, and even act like somebody's interviewing me um, and, and speak to that, that uh, you know, I'll, I'll elicit stuff from myself that I might have trouble if I'm just kind of sitting there in a vacuum thinking about it. So you know, I think whether somebody's working with a, a pro like you or even getting a colleague you know, just to, to toss them some questions while they're sitting in front of a video camera, uh, you know, it, it can be incredibly effective and, and people overlook the, the simple things sometimes. I, I do have a follow-up exactly. on that. Exactly, and I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't agree more with that, Jeff, and, and, and oftentimes that's exactly what I see. If you get into that zone that you can do it yourself, beautiful, do more of it. But if not, why, why would you bring a trusted partner or someone that you really respect, um, have them there in front of you, and that synergy of in the moment usually creates the right energy that brings out the great stuff out of you. Right, right. Now, a, a follow-up to, to all of that, though, is, I mean, you know, we're all out there creating this content, trying to build our audience, trying to be remarkable, you know, as, as you're talking about, and hopefully that's working. But at some point, you know, we want to monetize. And, I mean, that may, that may take the, the form of, you know, doing some consulting or, or doing an event or, or something like that. But, you know, I mean, people do want to monetize content to a certain extent as well. But, I mean, is that getting harder to do? Because, I mean, there's just so much content out there and a lot of it's very good and a lot of it's free. So what, what do you see as the challenges now for being able to monetize content? Uh, so two things. Number one, I completely agree with you. There's way too much stuff on the web. The good news is, 99.9% .9 of it is pure crap, mm. or what I call the bluff factors. There's just, but the 1% is very good. So the first question that I always ask my prospective clients or clients, what do we need to do to make sure that the content you create in a variety of formats is truly remarkable, provocative, and passes the simple benchmark I, I said before, that we don't react with so what, but we say, this is good stuff, I need to listen to more of it, right? The magic happens, and I have a process visual we included in the book uh, that I wrote with Alan, uh, and he talks about monetization. The magic happens as your brand strengthens over time, as your offering 
offering, in plural, increase over time, your, your articles, your content, your videos, your products, your services, that's when the magic happens. So you need to really focus on establishing what are the remarkable offerings that my audience is looking for in a variety of formats. How do I focus on strengthening my brand? And that's when the magic starts to happen to increase your revenues. You know, the common mistake I oftentimes see, Jeff, is that people put together the website, the web presence, they create great, great content, and then they, they expect the phone to start ringing the next day, possibly even emails coming in, and uh, people asking them for their services and booking them for business. And that usually does not happen. So when I summarize here the three key elements that must happen, you have to focus on strengthening your brand over time. You have to create powerful content offerings in a variety of formats, uh, products and services, and only then will the magic takes place where your revenues start to increase and you're able to monetize your offerings. Right, right. Yeah, I think uh, oftentimes people do not have the, the, the patience that's required. And um, I mean, you know, we talked earlier about uh, not just being remarkable, but having discipline, um, being consistent about it. Uh, and, you know, you got to be all three of those things if, uh, if you really ultimately want to be able to monetize this stuff. Now, exactly. Yeah. And, and the, I mean, so just to kind of head down the, the home stretch here, um, I mean, obviously, you've picked a, a very exciting time or an exciting time has picked you. I don't know wh- uh, which it is to be in this world of, uh, of web presence and, and web strategy, strategy, just a, you know, a lot of change out there, a lot of innovation, a lot of just fantastic new possibilities. I mean, I, for one, I'm just floored at times that, you know, I can sit in a, in a little office in Carborough, North Carolina, and, you know, talk with people around the world and, and interview them and, and create content that way. That, that to me is, even though I do it all the time, it's still fundamentally amazing to me that just one guy, you know, with a laptop can, can do that kind of thing these days. But, you know, there's obviously a lot more than that going on out there. And you, and you talk about some things like, you know, virtual environments and apps and, and those sorts of things uh, towards the end of a uh, million dollar uh, web presence. What do you see right now that just just really gets you excited or that you're just really bullish about when you think about the, the possibilities for, for web presence, for digital empire building? It's a great question. I would say this. Some of even the simple, th- the simple things get me still very excited. Mm. So creating connections creating connection with people, creating relationships, building relationships. Let the web and technology allow me to strengthen that. So, for, for example, uh, here's a book of mine that, that has gone out this year with, with Ellen, and now I'm in an interview with you, Jeff, mm-hmm. and many are going to be able to listen to it. So we're starting the process of building stronger relationship with you, possibly relationship with others. So number one, I'm a firm believer in leveraging technology, to build relationship and connection. And today especially, and it's one of the chapters in our book, it's all about building powerful communities around your brand. Uh, the other that comes to mind is leveraging different platforms. And what I mean by a platform, so your website could be one of the platforms. Your blog could be another platform. YouTube is another platform. An online community is another tra- platform. Um, uh, iTunes putting your podcast there and even videos there is another platform. What are you doing today to leverage your remarkable content, which is, by the way, another touch point here, smart, searchable, remarkable content that is available on multiple platforms to make it easier for people to engage and mm-hmm. find you. And the smart, smart, searchable content can be in the format of visuals, text, 
audio videos. Online learning, I believe, is huge. And with the proliferation of apps on iPhones and Android and all the other devices, uh, so apps and the ability to go mobile. So uh, wouldn't it be great if I can just open up my iPhone or turn on my iPhone and I have a question and I could just quickly either go to an app or some other mobile application and then simply be able to get the answer through logging on to a community, logging on to an online training, or going global and asking questions from people all over the world. That's what excites me, where technology supports the strategy but allows us to communicate with each other. And overall, make the learning experience, developmental experience for each one of us superior and therefore making it a better world for everyone. Well, absolutely. I think we're excited about many of the same things. With, and speaking of connection and, and communication, uh, how, can, how can listeners best find you? So two ways, uh, actually three ways, I would say. Number one, uh, I'm very active on my blog, chadbar.com, C-H-A-D-B-A-R-R. Uh, they are welcome to call my private number. I still use a, a, a phone, <laughs> and that is 440-394-8004. And, of course, my email address, chad, C-H-A-D, at cbsoftware.com. Well, great. Well, Chad, uh, thanks again so much for, for taking some time today to, to talk about uh, what you're doing out there on the web. Uh, very exciting times, and uh, I look forward to continuing our relationship and, uh, and uh, developing together over time. Thank you, Jeff. This has been truly a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it, and uh, all the best to everyone. That's it for my conversation with Chad Barr. Be sure to visit the show notes for this episode at learningrevolution.net slash episode 12 to get quick access to the links that Chad mentioned. I'll also include links there to Chad's book, Million Dollar Web Presence, and also to his digital empire offerings, because I think that's something that you're going to want to check out. As always, I appreciate you joining me here for the Learning Revolution podcast. If you feel like you're getting good value out of the podcast, I'd be truly grateful if you would consider giving it a rating or a review over on iTunes. You can do that easily just by going to learningrevolution.net slash iTunes. I'd also be really grateful if you would tell your friends, your family, your colleagues about the show, uh, if you think it's something that they would want to listen to. And one way to do that is by going to learningrevolution.net slash share. And that'll set you up with a tweet that you can send right out to your network. Or, of course, you can send it out to, to Facebook or to LinkedIn or, or to whatever your social network of, of choice is. But I'd really appreciate it if, if you think about sharing the podcast with others. That's it for this show. This is Jeff Cobb signing off from The Revolution. Revolution.